ladies and gentlemen, Rob Port here on WDAY. 701-293-9000, your local number, 888-970-9329. That's toll-free. Email talk at WDAY.com. Or, hey, send me a tweet, at Rob Port. Good afternoon, Natil. How are you today, Rob? Good. Have a good weekend? I did. It was pretty relaxing, all things considered. That's good. We had a, a pretty good one up here. Mild weather. Uh, family went up to the Winter Park uh, up at Botno. Did some tubing. So it was, fun. it was a good weekend for tubing. Nice and warm, warm and the yeah. snow is still here. Yeah, so that was good. Um, I, I woke up this morning. The kids didn't have school today. I thought it was President's Day. So the kids, I, I thought there was no there was no school today. I, apparently, it's something uh, some other reason they don't have school. I just assumed it was President's Day. <laughs> so you were all and ready then, for President's Day, and it's well, not. I had a, well, I had a pile of trash out. I said, oh, well, the garbage is, is it coming. And then I'm driving around this morning, and I'm like, everybody's got their garbage out. What is going on? <laughs> yeah, I had to rush to get the garbage out. So anyway, yeah, tough. Uh, that, that's about as exciting as my life gets as I take the garbage out. Tough day out in the port household. Yeah, real tough. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit, you know, last week, uh, by the way, Jim Shaw, columnist Jim Shaw is going to be joining me here uh, at one We're going to talk about his column. Uh, he says it's it's Republicans are committing the sin of silence uh, by not uh, standing up to what he describes as the quote unquote lunatic Donald Trump. Uh, so we'll talk with him about that because I think it's interesting. I, I think it's interesting how many people on the left are sort of rediscovering federalism right rediscovering that 10th amendment rediscovering an appreciation maybe for limits on executive power uh the funny how that works you know president barack obama spent eight years accumulating massive amounts of, of federal power which by the way mr shaw you know he says that republicans were right that obama used uh executive orders too aggressively i think he used executive authority too aggressively I think he's right about that, but it just it just seems funny to me because I remember being a part of the of, of the Tea Party movement, uh, I, you know, at, at least in, in the early days of it, and and being concerned about federal power, wanting a return to federalism, wanting a return to recognizing the Tenth Amendment, and we were derided as secessionists and extremists and everything else, uh, you know, by the left, you know, we, we were we were lumped in with like the segregationists, right? I mean, we were we were lumped in with like the South during the, the, the Civil War. I mean, that, that's how we were painted. But now all of a sudden, Donald Trump's president, the left's afraid of how a Republican president might wield all of that executive authority they've been supporting giving the president. And all of a sudden, you know, you've got people talking about secession in California. In fact, the state of California hired the former Attorney General, Eric Holder, to resist the federal government, right? You have all these these mayors of sanctuary cities and, and, and sanctuary states or what have you who are, you know, opposing. They want to nullify federal law. It's It's been a really interesting dynamic because I'm sitting over here. I'm a Trump skeptic. I've been a proponent of federalism for years. I've been a proponent of, of decentralized government for years. And I'm saying, hey, welcome to the party, pal. Some of us have been here all along. So anyway, we're going to talk with Jim about that because I, I think it's interesting. I, I don't think he's wrong. I, I think Republicans should stand up to Donald Trump. I, I think they should stand on principle. I, I, I think I don't think it would be good. It, it might be good for conservative policy in the short term to, to support President Trump implementing it all by executive order. 
But in the long term, process matters. And I don't think conservatives are going to be well served by a Republican Barack Obama. I just don't. So anyway, we'll talk about that coming up here at 1.30. The other thing I want to talk about, and this, I, I got to thinking about this over the weekend, Nitil, because we talked a lot last week about the anti-discrimination legislation failed again in the state house. Yes. So I've been thinking about that. And and something that that bothers me a little bit about that situation is because Democrats have been trying to get it passed for basically a decade now, right? Four consecutive legislative sessions. Um, And it hasn't worked. Hasn't gone anywhere. Uh, As a matter of fact, Last week, it failed in the state house by a wider majority than Senate Bill 2279 failed in the state house in the 2015 legislative session. So, so they're just they're not getting any traction. And and what bothers me about this is is every time we go through this debate, you know, we have the floor debate, and then we have this reaction on social media and letters to the editor and columns, and everybody's kind of thumping their chest, talking about how disappointed they are. And I guess I'm wondering. Are Democrats really doing everything they can to pass this legislation? Because I'm, I'm not sure that they are. And I, I say that on a couple of fronts, both in terms of how it was presented in the legislature, right? It's always presented. It's basically the same bill every time, right? And what's that, that uh, the definition of insanity? Everybody does doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. I don't know. So supposedly Albert Einstein said it. I don't think he did, but. It's just one of those things that float around, and I think it applies here. They keep introducing the same bill. And then this time around, and, and, and this part is on the Republicans. This time around, there was an attempt to amend it, to narrow its focus, to maybe get it down into something that Republicans could support. I would have supported the bill the way it was amended. Uh, they amended it down to just ban uh, government discrimination based on sexual orientation in, in employment and housing. I don't understand how anybody could be opposed to that. So that's on the Republicans for not allowing those amendments to happen. But the thing is, is is that, you know, the, the argument that the bill is too broad has been brought up in multiple legislative sessions now. So when the prime sponsor, Representative Josh Boucher, Democrat from Fargo, when he introduces the bill, why doesn't he break it up into those component parts? Right? He issued a statement after this most recent failure, and in his statement he said that we shouldn't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. And he's right. I agree with that. So why does he keep introducing the same bill over and over again? Why doesn't he work with some of the Republican opposition in the legislature and say, listen, are there any parts of this bill that we can agree on? Can we put those into some standalone legislation and pass at least that much? Why hasn't he done that work? Because there's no evidence that he has. Now, again, he did try to amend it and narrow it down. Actually, it was Republican, uh, uh, Thomas Beadle from Fargo, who who did that, but uh, Representative Boucher tried to do it on the floor as well. They did try to amend it, and Republicans voted it down, and that's on them. But they didn't do that. But but then the, even even the larger question here is outside of all the machinations and maneuvering and everything that happens in the legislature is why hasn't this been put on the statewide ballot? I mean, I I, I don't I don't know if if I'm missing something in the deal. Maybe you could tell me if I'm missing something. Why haven't they brought this to the initiated measure process? If it's so important, if it's such a, you know, this this gigantic issue, and, and obviously people care about it, judging by the the response and social media and everything, every time this goes down, every time the bill comes up and fails in the legislature, people think it's important. Why not put it on the statewide ballot? 
I'm honestly not sure about that. Part of me wishes that they would put it on the initiated ballot, but I think there's there's a, a fear that if outside organizations came in and did a bunch of negative ad campaigns against it and it failed as an initiated ballot measure, that that would just create more fuel for the legislation for the legislation to continue to get shot down if it gets brought up again in the legislative session. Maybe. I mean, I mean that to me doesn't seem like a good excuse for it. It's, it's not pl- a good excuse, but it's there's, the there's, only thing I can pick out. Because there, there's plenty of money on the other side, too. And that's the other thing that I'm going to get into is that the Democrats fundraise on this issue, right? Josh Boucher, District 44 is his district. In this last election, that was the only legislative district where Democrats won. I, I, I say won. That's the only that's the only district where they made up ground against the Republicans, where Republican incumbents in the legislature were defeated. Senator Tim Flackle and uh, uh, State Representative Blair Thorson were defeated uh, by Democratic candidates in that district. Representative Boucher was obviously already an incumbent. Um, and they did that because Representative Boucher gets a ton of money. And, and a lot of that money that he gets is tied to people who have a very specific interest in gay rights legislation, right? That's what they want to see proposed. They say they see Boucher as advancing that cause. So here we have one election cycle after another where Democrats propose this bill. It's the same bill every time. It fails every time. They fundraise and get a bunch of money out of it every time. And then they use that money to try to win more elections. Now, it hasn't been outside of District 44. It hasn't been great for them. Um, I mean, they're obviously not winning a lot of elections statewide. This, this issue is really not a winner for them, but it does bring in a lot of money to their campaigns. And it makes me wonder, are they really interested in advancing this issue? Because if I think they were, if they were, then I think you try every possible means. And that includes putting it on the, you know, on the, on the statewide ballot through the initiated measure process. And I say that as somebody, I'm not a fan of the initiated measure process. I wish it didn't exist, honestly, but it's not about me. It's not about my personal feelings about the initiated measure process. That is a process which exists in law. It's available to them. If this is an important issue, why don't they put it on the ballot? And the only real explanation I can think of is that it's just too useful for them as a, as a political tool for fundraising and for rallying opposition to Republicans. I you know, the really, really hate to believe that that's the case. Well, I, you know, whether you want to believe it or not, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm looking around and I'm thinking, why else? It's a it's a powerful tool for them, right? I mean, it's a powerful organizing tool. I'm sure it gets a lot of people paying attention to Democrats every time it fails. I I, I can't help. I mean, it's it's sitting right there. The 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 tens of thousands, maybe even hundreds of thousands of dollars that have been donated to Democratic candidates and Democratic party organizations over over successive election cycles could easily have funded an initiated measure. And may, who knows? Maybe pass, the medical marijuana bill passed. Nobody thought that would pass. It could pass. I mean, I, I think it would be a debate worth having. But they're not doing it. And I think it's I think it's valid to ask, why aren't they doing that? 701-293-9000, Email talk at WDAY.com. We'll be back after this. Don't go away. Well, I found her out in Baltimore. She never tried to show me the door. She said, stay with me tonight. I said, you sure you want another round? This when she doubled down. She said, this is the last dance. I always think that actions speak louder than words. 
This is uh, Rob Port here on WDAY, 701-293-9000, Actions speak louder than words, I think. I, I like to look at what people do versus what they say. And the message we get from Democrats is that anti-discrimination legislation is a pressing issue in North Dakota. There are people being discriminated against in North Dakota. Uh, which I agree with, by the way. I don't know that it's necessarily happening in the volume uh, that, that maybe some suggest, but I, I think it is happening. I think it's a real issue, uh, and and I think we I think it's proper that we have a debate over legislation to, to address it. Now, the question though is is the people who are telling us that this is this is a pressing problem and people are suffering in North Dakota right now. I don't understand how you could say that and then turn around and not push the, put this issue on the statewide ballot. I don't, I mean, those two things don't make sense to me. I don't understand if it's, if it's a pressing issue, then why don't you try, try different approaches in the way you introduce it in the legislature? I mean, why, why would you not split the bill? Instead of having one comprehensive bill, why not break it down into component pieces and see if there's some po- portions of, of the overall strategy the overall policy that that maybe maybe republicans and democrats could find some common ground on and and by the way there were a half dozen or so republicans who voted for this legislation as it was last week um so there is some level of bipartisan agreement so far and i am and i i think i expressed this last week i am disappointed in republicans for not allowing the bill to be amended uh, so that i could get a floor vote on on you know a portion of it, which, which frankly, I, I think there should be some some bipartisan agreement on. But, but the larger issue here, I, I think there has got to be some accountability for the Democrats who have been pushing this legislation in one legislative session after another. Why aren't you doing things that could move this policy ball up the field? If it's so important, why aren't you doing these things? And I don't, I don't know what the answer to the question is. I don't understand why they're not doing it. Why would you not want to put this on the ballot? I think it could pass if it was put on the statewide ballot. I was surprised the medical marijuana bill passed. I didn't think that would pass. It did. Not sure that North Dakota is as socially a conservative state uh, in some ways as as people think. In in some ways it is, in other ways it isn't. I you know certainly even if you look at some of the uh, the, the abortion measures, you know the the pro life measures that have been put on the ballot in recent years, which haven't passed. There's a real chance that if you put this question on the ballot, some some form of non-discrimination bill on the statewide ballot, that it could pass. There is plenty of money out there in political circles to fund that sort of an initiative, to get the signatures, put it on the ballot, fund a campaign. And, yeah, it would probably be opposed by, you know, socially conservative groups, the sort that, you know, of, of the sort that, that you might expect. But so what? I mean, why not? I mean, if it's if it's that important an issue, why not have that debate? And I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think I think asking the question kind of takes some of the wind out of the sails of the people who say that this is a pressing issue. I don't think it's that widespread a problem. I, that, listen, there's always going to be some jerks out there who, you know, want to treat a, a woman differently because, you know, want to discriminate against women or discriminate based on race or discriminate based on sexual orientation. There are jerks in the world. So I have no doubt that this is happening. I just don't think it's mainstream by any stretch of the imagination. I just don't. I think most North Dakotans look around their state and they don't see this happening to any widespread degree. 
which is probably why Republicans haven't suffered all that much from voting this legislation down, one legislative session after another. I just don't think it's the issue that that some want us to believe that it is. Now, that being said, I do think it should be illegal for the government to discriminate based on sexual orientation. That should be in law, and shame on the Republicans for not passing at least that much. But also shame on the Democrats, because I, 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 I don't know. I, I look at the way they've been handling it, and I see... I see cynicism. I see cynicism and political calculation. And, and until you said that, that you don't want to believe that to be true. But, I mean, am, am I wrong? I mean, based on the evidence in front of me, I mean, am I, am I off? I mean, do you think it's just wildly inaccurate? I don't, I don't think that you're being wildly inaccurate. It's, it's just it's a hard thing for me to stomach, especially coming from a place where the, the individual who is pushing this legislation is you know an openly gay man and it's i don't i don't want to believe that that's the case but i can't argue with the points that you've brought up in a way that doesn't just sound like i'm whining and saying no it's it's fine it's this is what's this is a big issue yeah well i don't i don't think you would be why, why? Well, no, I, but, I, I, but know. I just I can't I can't think of an argument against the points that you've brought up because again we're talking about eight eight you know more than eight I mean the better part of a decade that this has been an issue and never once has anybody tried to put it on the ballot and I, I think after a certain amount of time when we're just doing the same thing over and over again listen those of you out there who want this legislation to pass your best bet might be to go around the Democrats stop relying on the Democrats to move this ball up the field for you. Bring it into your own hands. Get the signatures. Put it on the ballot. Let's see what happens. That's probably your best bet. Because if you keep leaving it up to the Democrats, I don't think you're going to get any movement on this issue. That's just my two cents. 701-293-9000. We're going to talk with uh, columnist Jim Shaw. Coming up next. Don't go away. Welcome back, Rob Report on WDAY, 701-293-9000. That's your local number, 888-970-9329. That's toll-free. Email talk at WDAY.com. want to read you a little something my guest wrote over the weekend. Dear Republican members of Congress, it's time to step up to the plate. America needs you. The world needs you. President Donald Trump is a lunatic. You need to try to keep him in line. You control Congress. Show us the loyalty to your country is more important than a political party. Show us some backbone. You criticized President Barack Obama for issuing too many executive orders, and you were right. Now that President Trump is doing it, there is silence from you. You should be outraged that not only is President Trump running the country by executive orders, but he isn't even consulting you on many of them. Uh, My guest is columnist Jim Shaw. Jim, welcome to the program. Thanks for your time. Thanks for asking me to be on that. Let me uh, let, let me ask you this because I'm I'm reading that and I I agree with you I I did not vote for Donald Trump I did not think he was should have been the Republican nominee I cringe at just about every tweet he sends out but I'm reading this and I'm wondering where were people like you when President Obama was was in office I mean I I, I think a lot of people react to that you know having gone through years of the Obama administration telling nuns they have to pay for contraception and. A lot of the other things that President Obama did that we don't necessarily need to relitigate here, and they're wondering, 
the word that probably pops in their head is, is this seems a little hypocritical. What say you? Well, actually, like I said, I think, I think the people being hypocritical are the Republicans in Congress. Their job is to pass the laws. The okay. president should not be just dictating laws. They control the House. They control the Senate. They have the president. So go ahead and pass the laws. And the president then should sign the laws. When Barack Obama was president, that option did not exist. This does not justify his executive orders. But there weren't going to be any laws passed because we had a Congress controlled by Republicans and a president who was a Democrat. But, it's, it know, sounds what, a little what, bit, Jim. A, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I, it just it sounds a little bit like you're making excuses for I mean, I, I know you said, but I don't know. I mean, it seems like you're saying. A, I'm not a lot making of people, excuses. I, I, I don't okay. think I, I don't like uh, orders, executive orders to be the rule of law. And I just think that what prompted me this time is because the travel ban executive order is so more serious and dangerous than any executive order that President Obama issued. And I'm just stunned that the Republicans have not said anything about this, because they they have to know how dangerous this is, and they have to know how it bypasses the process. Well, some Republicans have not have done them, but um, uh, you know, I'm trying to I'm trying to deal with the here and now, and and the here and now is what concerns me. Barack Obama, he's gone. It's over. It doesn't matter now. What matters is the here and now. And when somebody comes along to replace Donald Trump, I'm not going to go back in time and worry about Donald Trump. I'm going to be dealing with it, the president who replaces him. Yeah, I, I think it does matter, though, because there are a lot of people like me who during the Obama years, and I, you know, way back in 2009, I helped organize some of the some of the tea parties and that stuff around the state. And I remember, you know, we were derided as – you know, we were lumped in with the secessionists. We were lumped in with the segregationists. You know, we, we were told we were called tenthers. You know, that was the pejorative that was used for us. And I'm, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm looking in context now. All of a sudden we have a president who seems intent on implementing his agenda in much the same way President Obama did through executive order. And we can have a debate about the degree of, of the policy or, or whatever. No, but I, I his don't implementation. think it's the same because President Obama... Uh, had uh, one of his most significant executive orders struck down by the courts, and he accepted it. Whereas we have President Trump, who uh, criticizes, quote, so-called judges. Uh, President Trump seems but to I be But I remember that. Like I, I can, he's, I, he's the only, that, 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 that his orders are the only thing that matter in the heck with the Constitution. I remember, I remember under the Obama administration, I can remember the left going after judges that were appointed, you know, appointed by Republicans during, during the, the, the lead up, uh, with, with, with Obamacare working its way through the courts. And when we would have, you know, a, a, a Republican appointed judge would, would strike it down or something. And that judge would be attacked by the left in much the same way Trump is. And I'm not, I'm not excusing what Trump is doing. I'm just saying that, that in context, for someone like me who is derided by, the left for our position. I mean, all of a sudden we have, you know, California has 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 hired Eric Holder uh, as a way, I guess, to 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 assert their state's rights. And it just it seems hypocritical that when we have, you know, conservatives in states trying to resist what the federal government is doing, we're derided and we're you know, we're said, oh, you know, you, you're you're tenthers and, and you're extremists or whatever. But all of a sudden we have President Trump and it's like the left has a newfound appreciation for federalism. Well, 
you know, I, I just think it, we have a different perspective on it. Uh, again, I'm trying to deal with the here and now, and the here and now scares me. I'm not, as I said before, I'm not here to defend Barack Obama's executive orders because I think it's a horrible way to govern. And if it'll make you feel any better, uh, the worst executive order ever issued came from a liberal Democrat, and that was Franklin Roosevelt when he ordered the rounding up of Japanese Americans and yeah. put them in prison camps. Well, not, and that not was to mention outrageous. Woodrow that, Wilson before that's him. That's a liberal who, Democrat yeah. who exceeded his power. And, and, so a, and, and, a, like and a U.S. Supreme orders, and a U.S. Supreme Court full of progressive judges who upheld it too. I mean, that precedent. Yeah, I, I know. That's a, and that's a shame on the history of our country. An absolute, an absolute shame. But this is no way to run a country, and he doesn't have to. He's got, he's got a Republican Congress. If I'm if I'm a Republican congressman, and the president's coming up with stuff, and I don't even know about it, uh, what does that say about his respect for our system of government, where he's just doing his own thing and ignoring the lawmakers? Do you uh, think- at least Obama, as bad as it was with executive orders. They didn't come as any big surprise, and there was there was some concept of how to roll them out. Do, do you think because of, for for years I have perceived, and and obviously I'm 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 distilling you know very complicated political debates in in, in but I I have seen one of the big fault lines in American politics between conservatives who generally favor the states leading the way on policy and would rather have a much smaller federal government. And and liberals who who like a larger government and 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 want more you know a, a more muscular federal government. Do you think that there is some remorse on the left now that we have a Republican president ha- for having accumulated all that power to the federal government? Because there definitely has been a generational shift in in power from the states to the federal government. Should we should we regret well, that? I I can't speak for the left. And I don't think it has anything to do with the Republican being in office or a conservative. I think it has everything to do with it being Donald Trump, who's nuts. If Jeb Bush or John Kasich was president, we would be fine as far as the president understanding how to run a country, understanding the Constitution, understanding the separation of powers, acting presidential. But we have a person in office who does none of that. But is it is it that is it that one of the cases for having distributed power in government and, and limiting the size of the federal government and the authority of the federal government so that we don't because we had one election with I, I, I think what we could all agree is a pretty unusual outcome uh, all of a sudden that person has just a huge amount of power I mean isn't that an argument for distributing that power right the power should be distributed and that's my point is that but then why why the why did the left and Congress have to exercise their power. Instead of rolling over and playing dead, but the, the so, Obama you know, administration—I I would feel I mean, not that I like the travel ban, but I would feel better about it if it had come through the U.S. House and the U.S. Senate, and the president had signed it, and it became American law as opposed to it just being an executive order. Well, I don't necessarily disagree. I think processes matters. I, I have argued for you know, irregardless of, of policy agendas or ideologies. Sticking to process. I like the filibuster, whether Republicans or Democrats are in power, because I think it is a process that requires at least some level of buy-in. I think making national policy should be hard. It shouldn't be instituted through a fiat. But it seems the enemies to that position for a long time, particularly under the Obama administration, has been the left. And I see a little maybe 
I see it as an eye-opening moment for the left that maybe conservatives had it right on restrained federal government all along. I guess I don't see it that way. Uh, I mean, when President Obama was, was in office, the, the Republicans had one goal, and that was to obstruct the president at every so step they could. So what? It had, it had nothing to do with constitutional or separation of power. It was, yes, we want to make this guy a one-term some... president, and if he's in favor of clean air and clean and, water, and you, then you we're think, against you think, that, you, too. You think, you think that's not what Democrats are trying to do to President Trump right now? They just hate the guy and want him to be a one-term president? Why is that motivation any better? other than the fact that you don't like President Trump. Right, and I just want to make clear that it's Trump. It's not, I'm, I, I, it's ideology is not the issue here. Um, you know, I think it is, though. I, was, I, I, well, think, I think it is, though. I'm, I'm telling mean, I'm, you I'm, I'm it's hearing... not. Okay. Uh, Mike Pence, as far right as he is, I can't imagine he would operate the way Donald Trump is. This is just not the way to run a country. And, and it, it, it goes beyond it. You know, it's just... When you see a president of the United States who just fabricates stories and lies day after day after day, that scares me. Because I don't know, I, I don't have any confidence in the president who makes up stories about voter fraud and, and says the media doesn't cover terrorism when it does and lies about the murder rate and exaggerates the crowds at his inauguration. And I could go on and on and on. It, it's all part of the same picture where you've got a guy in office who's nuts and should not be president of the United States. Yes, he got elected by the Electoral College. So by definition, he's the president. But he scares the heck out of me. I understand that. But I would point out there were plenty of people who were scared by President Obama and their fears were marginalized. And, you know, I, I guess I guess maybe it's it's easy to be dismissive of the fears when you're the winner, and it's your guy no. in power, uh, no, I, no I, I president, no president has scared America like Donald Trump, Republican or Democrat. I'm, I'm not uh, sure I that's mean, true. We've uh, had some pretty terrible you know, presidents. You, you had you had you had hard right presidents like Ronald Reagan, and he did not act like Donald Trump. Ronald Reagan. Trump, Trump like hasn't deterred anybody yet, though. So we have that going for us. Uh, we have a caller, Pardon Bob. Uh, I said President Trump hasn't sent anybody to internment camps. So no, we have that. but this tra this travel ban is dangerous. I mean, think about it. If, if President Obama, I, President Obama deported two million illegal immigrants. Right, right. He he, he instituted, we're, we're he instituted a ban from Iraq for six I'm months. About the travel ban. Okay. You well, know, it, President I mean, Obama feel, instituted a ban from people if, coming if, from Iraq for seven, six months. How would we feel if seven countries in the world said Americans, you can't come? We'd be pretty upset. So when we do that to other countries, how do you think they're going to react? That's yeah, not going to uh, encourage peace in the world. Not a state That's going to encourage violence. Terrorism. I mean, America is not a state sponsor of terrorism. I mean, America doesn't have the is not in the same situation as these other countries. And how many people from those seven countries have come to the U.S. and committed acts of terrorism? I don't know. The, I don't know off the, the answer top of my is head. none. The well, answer is none. Now, how so many people you. have I don't come know to that's... the U.S. from Saudi Arabia and committed acts of terrorism? Some. The answer is 15. I think how come that's they're a, not I think on the that's, list? Well, I don't know. I think that's a fair criticism. And I say that as somebody who doesn't necessarily like Trump's executive order. I just find it a little bit convenient that the left is suddenly finding its skepticism of executive power and, and federal power. That, that suddenly, you know, you have a, a secessionist movement in California. You have California asserting states' rights. When before it was always... 
you know, the federal government is the law of the land and the states ought to get in line. I, I think it's a very interesting shift that happens on the left. And frankly, I think it's I think it's healthy. I think there's a lot of conservatives like me out there saying, welcome to the party. This is where we've been for a long time. I, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, I've, I've, yeah. uh, I've said what I said. I don't like executive orders. I don't think that's the way the country should be run. And I don't care if it's a Republican or a Democrat issuing them. Uh, we have a process in place called the Congress, and those are the ones who should pass the laws. The president has a lot of powers when it comes to national security and commander-in-chief. And what scares me is that, in this case, he's trying to play the national security card to justify his executive orders when the history shows that that doesn't fly, that, that doesn't, that's not appropriate in this case. Well, Jim, I got to go. Uh, I do have a uh, I do have a report here from the Washington Examiner it says 72 people convicted of terrorism from Trump's seven uh, mostly mus- Muslim countries, uh, including Somalia, Yemen, Iraq, Syria, Iran, and Libya. Um, so I don't know. I, it, I mean, they were convicted of terrorism. I don't know if you could say. I don't know. There has, look there has been no act of terrorism. I don't know what they did, and I haven't got that article in front of me. But there's been no. Act of terrorism right. committed by people from those countries in the United States. Jim, thank and you for your time. I know you and I don't agree on much, but uh, maybe we'll have to do it again sometime. This was fun. I look forward to it. Jim Shaw, you can catch his columnist, columns weekly in the Fargo Forum and other papers. 701 293 We'll be back right after this. Don't go away. I can show you a better time. Baby, you can drive my car. All right, we uh, didn't have time for that caller. Sorry, Jim, but I kind of got after it right away. I want to round up some of these emails quick. Uh, emailer says, I find it funny how the liberals pick and choose how and when their side pull, uh, pick and choose when their side pulled the same crap. Uh, let's see, maybe not here, but worldwide. Uh, maybe, let's see. Trump is justified in a temporary ban. Uh, liberals just can't think outside the box at all. Another emailer says, Rob, get that loudmouth off the air, or is WDAY going to give him a program too? No, don't be. I thought that was a great discussion with Jim. He and I obviously see the issues very differently, but it was a good discussion. And you know what? We need more of that. We need people who disagree to engage with one another. So I may just bring that loudmouth on the air again. <laughs> it's unfair to call him a loudmouth. That was great. I enjoyed it. Jay Thomas Show coming up next. I'll be sticking around for that. Catch me here on WDAY, 1 to 2 p.m. Monday through Friday, or 24 hours a day, seven days a week at sayanythingblog.com. Thanks for listening. Call me late last night, say she loved me so.